0: Cute team. It's me Ben and this is Ritz. It's Ritz. Lovely Ritz. <laughs> hey Ritz. Um what is homeostasis? The body's ability to maintain a relatively stable internal environment despite the changing external environment. Lovely Miss Ritz. Um how does that mean so there's two ways we can maintain it. So what are the two types of feedback loop? Negative and positive. Excellent. So um, what happens during a negative feedback loop? Reduce the original stimulus. Cool. Can you give me an example of a negative feedback loop? Um, your body's temperature. Okay. So if the external environment changes and it gets colder, what happens? Shiver. Good. And then shivering will reduce the original stimulus, which is cold, until we're back in homeostasis. What was the other type of feedback loop? The positive feedback loop. Excellent. And how does a positive feedback loop work? It increases the original stimulus. Excellent. I love your passion as and enthusiasm, Ritz. Okay, give me an example of a positive feedback loop. Labour. Okay, how does that work? When you go through labour, your original stimulus increases. Okay, so the original stimulus is the um, first contraction, and then the next contraction will be worse and worse and worse until we have a baby. How lovely. All right, Miss Ritz. Um, lastly, what are most feedback systems um, in the body? Negative. Lovely. Okay, cool bananas. elements. What are the four elements that make up 96% of our body? Oxygen, Hydrogen, Carbon and Nitrogen. What is the atomic number? The atomic number is the number of protons in an atom. What is the atomic mass? The atomic mass is the number of protons and neutrons in an atom. What is an isomer? An isomer is an atom which has the same atomic number, so the number of protons, but a different atomic mass, so a different number of neutrons. What's the fundamental difference between an ionic bond and a covalent bond? So these bonds are both chemical bonds between atoms. A covalent bond will share electrons. Whereas an ionic bond will transfer electrons. The way I remember is if we cooperate like in a covalent bond... We share. Cells. Where in a cell does anaerobic metabolism take place? Anaerobic metabolism takes place in the cytoplasm of the cell. Where does aerobic metabolism take place? In the mitochondria of a cell. What is the main role of mitochondria? Mitochondria are the organelle that produces ATP aerobically, so with oxygen. Ribosomes, the Golgi apparatus, and the rough endoplasmic reticulum are all organelles within the cell. Explain how they work together to. Create proteins ribosomes are the factory workers of the cells and they are the sites of protein synthesis so they pull amino amino acids together to begin making proteins ribosomes are found on top of the rough endoplasmic reticulum and in the rough endoplasmic reticulum the protein gets coated and, packages, and packaged with phospholipids, cholesterol, and integral proteins. Then the protein moves on to the Golgi apparatus, and the Golgi apparatus's function is to modify, concentrate, and package the protein, and then it gets prepared and it releases it either into the cell itself or outside of the cell. Another organelle inside the cell is a lysosome. So, what is a lysosome? Uh, A lysosome, it's a membranous bag that contains digestive enzymes. And cells that contain these are uh, the demolition crew so like blood cells and their job is to disarm or break down bacteria viruses and toxins so lysis means to destroy so that's why they're called lysosome tell me about the cell membrane the cell membrane is a phospholipid bilayer which means it has two layers of phospholipids and the heads are attracted to water and they're hydrophilic, they love water and then the tails, which are on the inside, um, are hydrophobic, so therefore they're scared of water. What is the compound that helps maintain The cell membrane structure and integrity and fluidity. And that is cholesterol. The outer surface of cells is covered by a fuzzy, sticky, carbohydrate-rich area. And that helps cells recognize each other. What is this? This is the glycocalyx. And we're done with cells. Osmosis. What is the definition of osmosis? Osmosis is the movement of water from an area of low solute concentration to an area of high solute concentration through a semi-permeable membrane. What is a hypertonic solution? Hyper means more than so a hypertonic solution is a solution with more solute concentration than another a hypotonic solution hypo means low so therefore a hypotonic solution is a solution with less solute than another one and then lastly an isotonic solution Iso means the same, so it's a solution that has the same amount of concentrate as another solution. So, what would happen if I dropped a red blood cell into each of these solutions? So, with osmosis, always remember that fluid follows solute. So, if we put a red blood cell in a hypertonic solution, The water would move from the cell into the solution. So, therefore, the red blood cell would shrivel up and crenate. If we put the red blood cell in a hypotonic solution, then fluid follows solute and the fluid would move into the cell and the cell would swell up and burst, or lysis. And lastly, if we put it in a isotonic solution, then because the solution is exactly the same as the cell, there would be no change. What are the four primary tissue types? And what are their roles? We have epithelial tissue, which are the covering tissues. We have connective tissue, which is support. And muscle tissue, which is movement. And then nervous tissue, which is control. What are the types of muscle tissue? We have three types of muscle. Muscle? Muscle. Um, Skeletal muscle, which attaches to our skeleton, and that's voluntary, so we can control it. We have cardiac muscle, which is only found in the heart, and that's involuntary. And then lastly, we have smooth muscle, which is found in our blood vessels and Our organs and that's also involuntary So what are the types of connective tissue? So connective tissue has three parts We have connective tissue proper and that's made of loose and dense connective tissue Then we have fluid connective tissue which is blood and lymph, and then lastly we've got supporting connective tissue, and that's cartilage and bone. The nervous system. So describe the structure of the nervous system. So the nervous system is broken into two parts. The central nervous system, which is the brain and the spinal cord, And the peripheral nervous system, which is made of the motor neurons and sensory neurons. The motor division of the peripheral nervous system is then broken into two parts again. And it has the somatic nervous system, which controls voluntary movements, so skeletal muscle, and it also has the autonomic nervous system which controls involuntary responses. So the autonomic nervous system is involuntary or automatic, and we don't have to think about it consciously. The autonomic nervous system is then broken into two, and we have the sympathetic division, which is fight or flight, and we have the parasympathetic nervous system, which is the rest and digest So, what's the function of the nervous system? The nervous system's job is to monitor the internal and external environment. It integrates our sensory information and then it coordinates voluntary and involuntary responses of our organ systems. Um, Which regions or organs are served by the autonomic nervous system? Skeletal muscle, cardiac muscle, smooth muscle, and glands. So, skeletal muscle is um, voluntary, but it also is served by the autonomic nervous system because in situations like cold, we shiver to warm up. And that is a autonomic or involuntary response. What's the difference between afferent and efferent. So, afferent is to do with our sensory system, and efferent is our motor system. And if you think, A becomes before E. So, generally, we sense something, so we see a ball coming towards us, and we get an afferent or sensory message, and then we cause an effect We put our hand up to catch it, so we have an efferent or motor response. What does a neuron need a continuous supply of? A neuron needs a continuous supply of oxygen and glucose. what is a disease associated with inflammation of oligodendrocytes and give me a description of that disease. The disease is called multiple sclerosis which is an inflammatory disease which the insulating covers of the nerve cells in the brain and spinal cord are damaged which means the, um, the person's nervous system has decreased ability to communicate and therefore there's lots of signs and symptoms including physical, mental and sometimes psychiatric problems. Our central nervous system is encased in cerebral spinal fluid. And what is the main roles of cerebral spinal fluid? So we got four main roles its buoyancy, protection, chemical stability, and prevention of brain ischemia. The brain is also, uh, the brain and spinal cord is also wrapped, around with layers of glad wrap, glad wrap rather, and that glad wrap is called meninges. So the meninges are called dura mater, arachnoid matter, and pia So, and Their job is they provide physical stability and shock absorption to the central nervous system. What disease is associated with inflammation of the meninges? And the answer would be meningitis. So our central nervous system is our brain and spinal cord. What are the nerves coming off them? So the nerves coming out of the central nervous system, they're called peripheral nerves, and there's two different types. There's cranial nerves, and we have 12 of them, and we have spinal nerves, and we have 31 pairs of spinal nerves. Name two types of spinal reflexes. Uh, First spinal reflex. The muscle spindle reflex. How does this work? So, the, when the muscle spindle is stretched, that causes sensory neurons to send an afferent message to the spinal cord, and then an efferent message returns to the muscle that's being stretched, and it causes that muscle to contract, and therefore pull away from being stretched. At the same time, um, a efferent message is sent, is sent to the antagonist muscle, which causes it to switch off, which is called reciprocal inhibition. So the muscle spindle reflex is all about if your muscle gets overstretched, um, it causes the muscle that gets stretched to contract, to stop it from getting overstretched and torn, and it causes the muscle on the opposite side to relax, to allow the stretch to come off the muscle. Okay, the other spinal reflex is the Golgi tendon reflex. So if you have a strong muscle contraction, this stimulates the Golgi tendon organ to send an afferent simple Um, Nerve impulse to the spinal cord, and then an efferent message gets sent to that muscle and causes inhibition. So, therefore, um, if there's too much tension going through a muscle and tendon, this reflex causes the muscle to switch off. So, an example of where this is important if you're lifting something that's too heavy and your muscle is going to tear or your tendons about to tear the Golgi tendon reflex causes that muscle to switch off so you drop the heavy thing before your tendon tears so what's the main function of these spinal reflexes it's to protect the muscle and tendon so when do we have the muscle spindle or stretch reflex that's if a muscle's being overstretched it causes the muscle to switch on to pull the muscle out of stretch and it causes the muscle on the opposite side to switch off to allow the muscle to relax. And then the Golgi tendon reflex is when we've got too much tension on a contracting muscle and therefore it causes the muscle to relax. So they're doing opposite things. Alright team, happy studying.